let's do this. What is up? What is up? Welcome back to Uncle and the Young Bucks. What's up, Brandon? And who who is that? Drew? Are you here? I'm back. Holy hell. I am What's going back. on, buddy? Uh, just getting done, getting uh, moved to Columbus. It's been an interesting two weeks, but uh, here we are. Well, we're glad to have you back there, man. We're, uh, I can't see... <laughs> I was trying to say, yeah, we're really excited for this week, and uh, no, I'm kind of just depressed. If I'm being honest with you guys, let's. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get our frustrations out during the pod, but I mean, let's jump right into it. What are your thoughts after the game? Just give me your raw emotions. I know it's, you know, we're recording this on a Tuesday, but and things have had a little bit of time to sink in. But what are you guys thinking? Where are you at? Where are your thoughts? Just tell me what you feel. Eric, you want to start? You want me uh, take the go? Well, if I start, you may never get the microphone back. <laughs> um, no, I, guys, I went into that game. I, Brandon, you'll remember last week. I, I told you I thought we were going to be two and six after that game because there's just so many things wrong with this damn team right now. And I am for the life of me, for one of I, I was embarrassed at own sixteen. I was pissed off at one and fifteen last year. I had hope. This year, this year, we were supposed to have a six and two record right now. We're playing the Bills this week. They're six and two. We're two and six. It's abysmal. I have never been so pissed off at a Browns team because they are wasting so much damn talent. And the problems lie in the front office with Freddie Kitchens and John Dorsey deserves a ton of blame for what the hell is going on right now with this team. There is no excuse. There's a lack of accountability. There's a lack of discipline. There's a lack of, quote, execution. I have never been so angry at a Browns team as much as I am right now with the collection of talent that we have. I'm pissed off. Speechless is how I was feeling after the game. I couldn't put into words the frustrations that I was feeling towards this team, towards – how we were being coached towards how the front office was handling situations. I mean, if you watched football throughout the day, you see Gennard Avery get his first sack on his first snap with the Eagles. You see highlight videos. Yeah, you find highlight videos now popping up all over Twitter of how great Hollywood Higgins was last year. We can't get him on the field for a freaking snap. On fourth down and one, our most important play of the game we decided to take the number one running back at getting you a yard in the NFL off of the field and put in a small back who was good out of the backfield for catching the ball. Every I, damn I, third I down, every time we were in the red zone, Nick Chubb was off the field. Nick Chubb is the best player on this team right now. And not only is he the best player, I, it, it's he's our only hope to win these damn games. And, I, oh, God, if I heard... Uh, Harlan say Hilliard one more damn time in the game <laughs> and not because he was mispronouncing his name but it was because he had no business being on the field right. yeah like Hodges over H- Hodges over Higgins who the hell is Daryl Hodges I never even heard of that dude up until this game I was like who and then it was funny you know it, I, I mean no it wasn't funny 
I got the, the, the play that got me so irate that literally flipped the script for that game was that pass to Fant. There, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but yep. I think it's F A N T yep. Fant. No, Fant. And when Jermaine idiot Whitehead decides that, oh, this tight end's only got 60 pounds at me, I'm just going to throw a shoulder on him. Didn't even bother to wrap him up, bounced off of him, and he blasted off for 75 yards. That play right there was probably the turning point in the game for me where I said, oh, game's over. Yep. I would have cut him right then and there. I I didn't even – you don't even need to go on your little stupid tirade after the game. You try to make a tackle with your back, you should be on your way out. Um, The thing that blows my mind is how they literally cannot find ways to use talent on this team. Literally none. Uh, Higgins can't find the field. Callaway, um, I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, he has a passer rating of 31.7 yep. when targeted. Tw- 128th out of 130 and why qualifying do we keep receivers. throwing him the damn ball? He missed four games to start the season. Why do we continue to target him and throw him the ball? Again, I know that. Mayfield had a little bit of a rapport with him last year, but he also had a good rapport with Higgins. Why Why can't we get Higgins on the field? In, Cal- and it's- in defense of Callaway, he actually did have a pretty good game, and, and that was surprising, and it pains me to say that because I've been 100% not behind him since the second he's been starting to get playing time when we've got our guy. It seems like all three of us are on the side of getting Hollywood Higgins in. Callaway did have a pretty good game, so we can't be too well, harsh on him for that. And just because Baker's true. dumb enough to throw him the ball in the red zone doesn't actually mean that it's his fault that Baker's throwing 50-50 balls to the smallest <laughs> receiver on the field. Well, he's throwing 50-50 balls, but he's locking on receivers. He's throwing bullets where he needs to be throwing touch passes. Uh, he's throwing a little bit behind receivers. He's not putting the ball on target this season. He's He has regressed. But, again, I'm, I still believe in Baker. I still think he's the the franchise quarterback. I still think he's going to be at an elite level. He does not look like it right now. But I think after he figures out what defenses are doing to him, I think he's going to be fine. But you know what that requires to help him get through this sophomore slump? It requires somebody who's been through it, somebody that that has some experience. And guys, I am officially off the Freddie Kitchens bandwagon. I thought I loved him, but I have major doubts about him now, and I'm starting to wonder. He was a running backs coach last year, so when he came in, was he really truly calling his own plays, or was he continuing Todd Haley's playbook? Because I tell you what, there's no resemblance to last year's offense to what we're seeing on the field this year, and I see some of Munkin's influence that that he brought from Tampa Bay, but man, it is just a big ass cluster i'll just leave it right there. it's a dumpster freaking fire and and i think the thing that not a i've seen some people talk about it but not a bunch um the whole interview with bob wiley before the season talking about how ken sampisi had a huge hand in their offense last year like i think there's truth to that um they brought in a brand new quarterbacks coach who has little to no experience. Um, so right now he has a, a quarterback that's struggling, but no way to fix it. Um, 
I think that's a big problem. I think Freddie Kitchens, if that's his offense, my goodness. Um, We're in trouble, guys. I what mean, are we look, doing? Look, I and the other thing is the reason I'm a little riled up this week is that I held out hope stupidly i should never ever ever invest in the browns i go and buy a brand new hoodie for the browns because you know my dumb ass has a flight coming up this weekend <laughs> to go to the stupid game and the bills just happen to be the surprise team in the nfl this year guys i'm mad because i had planned this trip and let's face it it's all about us you know it, it's you know those guys are professional athletes we have expectations of what they're supposed to do but I'm coming up for the game this weekend, and I'm not even going to be able to enjoy the game. I, I'm going to enjoy the tailgating more You're than right. the game. And I may have Welcome to Welcome to the Cleveland Browns for the last 30 I'm years. I'm telling you, I'm going to have to drink heavily just to enjoy the game. And it's like, I, I don't want to do that. I want to go to the game and have fun. Right. Well, I think the whole city of Cleveland will be heavily drinking with you if we have any idea what's maybe to come in that game. But it makes <laughs> – and, and the more and more – I watched this Ravens team beat quality football teams like the Seattle Seahawks, like the Patriots, and we so handedly beat them. It was never a close game. It was never a matter of Lamar taking over the game. We shut him down. He looked like the quarterback that we all make fun of him for. Where the hell did that team go? What? I, what was the magic sauce that came together for that game that that is that it's is leadership. absent in every game that we've played it's in the season since guys. then? It's leadership. It is a hundred percent leadership, and and again, it's time to start holding Dorsey accountable. I mean, absolutely, he has not been one, talked about enough. He has he amassed amount this is this massive amount of talent. He has blessed the Cleveland Browns with great talent, but the problem is is that he did not bless the Cleveland Browns with a great, great leader. And I'm starting to believe more and more this little narrative that keeps peeping up and, and showing its ugly little head is that, you know, Dorsey, you know, left green Bay. Dorsey was fired in Kansas city because of his relationship with Andy Reed. Did Dorsey take Freddie kitchens because he had a more amicable personality. And I don't want to say that he could control Freddie kitchens, but because Freddie's this, Easy going, you know, happy go lucky guy that maybe Dorsey felt more comfortable and he could control it. And the one thing that came out last week was that the decision to sit Greg Robinson last week didn't come from Kitchens, it came down from Dorsey. So that was one of the first indications to me that Freddie Kitchens is not control, John Dorsey is. And if that's true, then there is nothing has changed with this organization under Jimmy Haslam's watch, and it is still a poorly ran franchise if this is true. Yeah, I can right. certainly see where you're leaning that way. Drew, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you take the reins on this. I think I think the biggest difference. Um, I know I know that the whole offseason was spent talking about all the acquisitions we made. Um, all the talent we brought in, which is fantastic. I mean, that's something that you want. But when you when you build talent like that and don't necessarily build an actual team, that's when you start having problems. We've got pieces here and there. Um, possibly the 
best defensive football player in football this year. Um, he's probably going to. You're gonna... saying Miles Garrett? You can just drop that right now because no. he's he, he's he's not. He's going to break Von Miller's sack record. No, he he's, won't. He's and on. Where pace. the hell was he against the Broncos? He, he was shut down on the Broncos. He disappears look, I, so randomly. I love Miles. That whole Garrett. defense got, disappears. Look, I love Miles Garrett. I've got nothing but love for the man. But he, right now, he is not the best player in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball. That still goes to your Aaron Donald or your or your uh, Khalil Mack or hell. Right now, you got a rookie out in San Francisco that can prob- yeah. probably say he's the best defensive player in the NFL and Nick Bosa. So, awkward. That's um, an awkward silence because I was right. <laughs> Bosa wow. actually doesn't even have that many sacks. If if I'm if I'm thinking of it correctly, I think Josh Allen has more sacks than Bosa does, or he has as many sacks and has. More tackle for losses has uh, more interceptions. I could be wrong on that stat, but I, but I actually think Josh Allen, and I'm referring to <laughs> the defensive player, of course, the rookie that's playing in Jacksonville. I think his stats are pretty comparable to Bosa. I think Bosa's had a lot of primetime moments and big showboating moments, um, such as when he sacked Baker Mayfield and got to do the flag, such as his pick that he had almost returned for a touchdown. But in terms of overall production, I don't think Bosa's nearly on the same level as some of the other top elite pass rushers in the game currently in terms of sacks and tackle for losses. I could be wrong. That's just what I believe. I I would love to see what a good defensive coordinator with this team could do because the one we've got is, I mean, you just traded away a pretty good pass rusher you possibly just lost one depending on vernon's knee issue um so that's going to make things interesting you're getting no production on the inside from sheldon richardson you're so i don't know i don't understand what they're doing with randall and higgins is randall is Randall seriously injured? Oh, Are they trying to not play him? This is my what, theory. Where where is where do we stand on that? Where do you guys think of that? Because Randall to me is one of the most, if not you know, the most important piece on that defense. When he is playing, the game is changed in our favor, and not having him on the field and having to play, you know, pieces and parts that aren't making up the full whole feels like we're missing something. My theory is with him and Higgins. And this, I mean, it seems childish, but it's something that the Browns would try to do. It's Cleveland. I fully believe that they are not playing either one of those two in their contract year, trying to keep their production down, which is could possibly <laughs> get them at a cheaper deal. But the you thing that blows my if mind, is there's no way it's going to work. If it was any other team... I would say you're full of crap, but because it's the Browns, Drew, it's like, you know, it, it's actually kind of believable. But you know what? We're focusing on the wrong things. Though. I mean, we, we've we got so many other issues, and let, let's be honest, Higgins and Randall are not part of the problem right now. The pro- Part of the problem is the people that aren't necessarily the ones that aren't on the field, but it's the ones that are on the field. I mean, look, we talked a little bit about Chubb. I mean, 
you've got one of the most dynamic, if not the most dynamic in the NFL to uh, d- dynamic back in the NFL today. And yes, I'm including the likes of Saquon Barkley and Melvin Gordon. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb is probably easily top three, but it, personally, I think he's top two. Yeah, Why I, are you pulling I, him off the field? Why, when you have fourth and three, are you not giving him the ball? Why are you pulling him out on every crucial third down? And every time he's in the game, you're like, oh, this is a running play, Nick Chubb. So what? He was held, what, 20 rushes, 65 yards, something like that. So, yeah, the Broncos did a really good job of locking him up. But, again, he only had 20 touches, and he is not being used or utilized in the uh, passing game at all. And then we got Kareem Hunt coming coming back this weekend. How the hell do you do that? If I were a smart betting man, I would have both Hunt and Chubb in the game at all times yep. because it, and make believe that you're going to give the ball to one or the other and keep the defense on their heels and guessing. We are not utilizing the personnel properly. We're not getting the ball to OBJ. We're not getting the ball to Landry. We have tight ends that you can't remember any of their names. I mean, we know them, but... You know, Seals Jones is the biggest name right now, and it's like, you know, we didn't know oh, his Seals name. Seals Jones might be ago. the best receiver on this team so far. I know. <laughs> How depressing is that? There We've are got a team so many issues. that has Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Hollywood Higgins, Antonio Callaway, David Njoku, and our best receiver on our team. If <laughs> I, I don't even think it's an if. I'm pretty sure he is in terms of stats and efficiency is Ricky Seals Jones yeah. and nobody even knows where the hyphen goes in that name. And you know, the but here's it's just the whole thing boils down. Everyone's pointing to the offense, uh, offensive line. Yes, the offensive line has issues, massive issues, mainly on the right hand side of the line. You know, I think at center with JC Treader, we're okay with Petonio, yep. we're okay. Yep. Those other three spots are huge question marks. I don't know what the hell's going on with Greg Robinson right now. You know, then you bring in what's his face, uh, uh, McElroy, or what the hell, the guy we took from Green Bay. What's his name? Help me, guys. Uh, Wyatt, no, not Wyatt. No, not. Um, uh, Oh my god, I'm having a massive brain fart. You guys are joining in. Question, please. Well, what the point is, it doesn't matter. I don't remember his name because you guys don't remember his name. So, what that tells me is that left tackle, we have a huge issue. We have a huge hole. Yeah, McCray. Yep, yep, yep. McCray. 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 Thank you. So we have a huge hole at left tackle. We have a huge hole at right guard and right tackle. You're getting no protection. When they go, you know, I saw a stat or I heard something today that the 12 packages where Baker's the most successful and we're running more 11 packages than anything. I may have that backwards. I don't think I do, though. But they keep calling the same damn package that's not fitting Baker's style of play. Why? It, I mean, it's as simple as coaching. Uh, I, <laughs> it's the easy cough out, but we run passing plays that don't benefit what our quarterback's good at, which is getting the ball out quickly and not having to have him sit back, wait, and be scared in the pocket. We're running all these deep crossing patterns that take forever to develop for wide receivers that need to be utilized in, you know, five to 10 to 15 yard patterns. Instead, they're running what seems like streaks every time down the field. We're targeting our worst receiver. We're not targeting the best receivers on the field. 
And when we do target them, it's in double and triple coverage. We actually don't utilize them when they're in single coverage. We somehow throw into a worse receiver, well, Antonio Baker, Callaway, in double coverage. Baker, Baker is, is a holding large on problem the, right now. Yeah, he is. And Baker's holding on to the ball a little bit too long. It's almost as if he's waiting for the play to develop, but he's he like waits a half second too long. And by the time he needs to get rid of the ball, it's already too late. And so he's throwing the ball late. A prime example is that fourth down play, the one that ended the game for us where he passed the ball to Landry. Landry was open, but the problem was is by the time he threw the ball, Landry was no longer open, and he had two people crashing in on him. And then, yes, OBJ had two steps on and one-on-one uh, down the left sideline, which he probably could have tried for that and had had Odell all day. But with the way Baker's throwing the ball, do you really trust him to hit that spot? The safer play was Landry, but the problem was he was about half a second too late in throwing that ball. Which is the opposite of what he was so good at last year. He anticipated those throws last year, and he's not doing that hardly at all this year. Which is, I mean, in, in the game of football, timing is key in all of that. So that's throwing everything off. And not only is it forcing him to throw an absolute dart through two defenders to get it there, if he threw it on time, he could put touch on it be completion first down and we go but well right now i think you know we talked we talked a little about leadership and and all that kind of thing the 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 biggest the single biggest issue i think this team this squad has and you may not dis, you may disagree with me but it's the fact that we have amassed all this great talent but the problem is is we have a team of individuals we don't have an we don't have a team we have individuals look at obj i love him what the hell are you doing wearing the, the Joker cleats? Landry, what the hell are you doing wearing the golden cleats? And then Freddie, his comment was, Gentlemen, we, we have some breaking news here. Breaking news? We have some breaking news, and for people on the podcast, this will be several-hour delayed breaking news. But it's breaking news for us, so I want to share that with the people on the podcast. And this is a very great segue into a time and a topic that we can actually smile and be happy about. We are moving from – the Cleveland Browns football discussion to Ohio State football, where the Ohio State Buckeyes are number one in the first college football Whoa. playoff top 25. And to add to it, gentlemen, <laughs> rounding out the top four, we have Penn State clocking in wow. at number four. Two Big wow. Ten teams in the top four, and then LSU at two and Alabama at three. This is a Big Ten and SEC wow. final four as the college wow. football playoff committee sees it, this is big time wow. for the Buckeyes and a very positive for the Big Ten. Can we pick it up right off here? Because I am wow. psyched to see that we're actually getting respect here and that a team like Clemson, who has struggled against weak opponents and has played a really weak schedule, is not given that respect that they don't deserve, but everybody else in the coaches poll and the AP Top 25 apparently think they do. Where do you guys see this at? I'm excited about this. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I did not think, even though I fully felt that Ohio State was the best team in the country, I did not think they would get that top spot. I figured it was going to go to LSU, and we would eventually get to where we needed to be. But wow. like And Penn State at four. Holy big time, big 10 statement, baby. I love to see that the big 10 has been screwed over more than any conference 
in the last three seasons. Our Big Ten champion hasn't made it in to the college football playoffs, while SEC seems to be sending five teams in a 14 playoff every (laughs) single season. The Big Ten needs and deserves to be in every single Big Ten and or sorry, in the college football playoff with the teams, the records and and the talent that they bring on the field, whether it's Ohio State, whether it's Penn State, the Big Ten deserves to have a representative in there. Absolutely, Absolutely. agree. I while I don't like the segue from the Browns and the Buckeyes like that, especially on a podcast, I'll take it because I was getting a little angry about the Browns, but uh, this is this is great news. Um, I mean, right now, obviously, it's the first college football ranking, so it doesn't matter any. However, what what the but putting the Buckeyes at one, as long as the Buckeyes win out and handle their business, it guarantees them a spot in the playoff. That's the biggest news to take from this. At that one spot, the only thing that's going to knock them out of the playoff at this point is a loss. So holding on to that spot. Winning convincingly the next two weeks and then going into Penn State, beating Penn State, doesn't matter the score there because Penn State's going to go into that game undefeated. And then going into the Michigan game and then handling Michigan, it's a guaranteed playoff spot. So that's the great news that comes out of this. Other than that, it, it does set up very well for the SEC as well. Putting Penn State in there at number four is kind of throwing a bone to the Big Ten and to Penn State. Penn State's very deserving. But what they've done is they bookended uh, the Buckeyes and, and the Nittany Lions around the Tigers and the Crimson Tide because they are trying to make sure that the SEC is going to have two representatives in here because you see sneaking out there at, at number six is Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. So right. this is typical every year. They, you know, your, your top six is going to have three SEC teams in it, and one of those teams is always going to be undeserving. And I'm sorry. Georgia lost to South Carolina, and just like we lost to Purdue uh, last year, and that kept us out of the championship or the playoffs. That South Carolina loss was so bad that Georgia has no business in the playoffs this year. I don't even care if they win. The only thing that gets them into the playoff is if they win the SEC championship, which they still could do. But unfortunately, that opens the door for a second SEC team in the playoff. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm actually the thing I'm, I might be most excited about is Clemson being left out of the top four. <laughs> that that is the part that makes me the most excited. And the unfortunate thing is, unless Clemson loses a game, they're almost guaranteed a spot in in the playoff. There's just no way they would keep out the you know reigning national champion from being in the college football playoffs well, if they went out, even if the they played committee, mediocre. The playoff committee has shown before that they don't really have a set rule. So just because you were in the playoff and won the championship last year doesn't automatically punch your ticket to the playoffs this year. We saw Zero that times with the a Power Five team and a Power Five and conference champion team that is undefeated been left out. Zero times has a team not named UCF been left out of but the college football playoff for being let's undefeated. Face it. If Clemson's undefeated, they're going to be in the top four. There's no question about that. Well, I, I I honestly don't know about that yet. Well, let's see how it shakes out. I, I let's see how it shakes out. That's I'll just leave it right there. True. That's it. I I'm honestly so surprised. I'm like I know I already said that, but they just I don't know. That's the the most complete Ohio State team 
every single week, not great one week, down the next, they came out and handled their business every single week and have looked incredibly talented doing so. Um, I didn't know what to expect with Justin Fields coming in, um, especially with some young pieces in certain positions around him. Um, I didn't know what to expect defensively with the same linebackers returning, which I wasn't totally thrilled with last year, um, but they've played so extremely well. The defensive line, Chase Young is easily the top pick in the draft. Um, If the Browns keep losing, that might happen, Um, which I guess that would be a uh, reward to sit and watch through the garbage that we have so far. But um, it, it, it leaves a very interesting last half of the college football season that's been okay at times. Um, but it, I think it's going to set up for a fun last few weeks. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I'm very excited. I'm actually going to be in Columbus this weekend for the Buckeyes game. My aunt was uh, nice enough to let me get her tickets. And uh, so I'll be some boots on the ground for you guys make sure we can get a uh, get another W before we're starting to, you know, well, I, I guess I can't say start preparing for Penn State since we're still more than a week out. And you know what happened to Wisconsin when they started preparing for a yeah. team a few <laughs> no, weeks hey. out in advance. So we're going to take it week by week, but I'll be our boots on the ground this weekend to let you know if uh, Chase Young's Heisman chances have increased or decreased and <laughs> awesome. count up how hey. many Justin Fields touchdowns he gets gets this weekend. Hopefully I can't keep count on just one hand. Well, awesome Buckeyes talk. They did have the week off last week, so I hate to do this to you, Brandon. Awesome news about being number one, but I'm segueing back into the Browns because we still have a lot to talk about out there um, with this game coming up. Friend. I, I know, I'm telling you. With this game coming up, Buffalo this week, we have a lot going on. And what I was saying before that, breaking news, um, we have a team of individuals, and I was talking about you know the cleat issue and Baker's commercials and Baker's facial hair. And, you know, let's talk about the elephant in the room for a minute here. What the hell was that mess with Jermaine Whitehead after the game? Ouch. Um, Is there another way to say it other than ouch? I mean, that was pathetic, right? You can't. It's one thing to be angry at someone on Twitter. It's another to be racist towards someone on Twitter. It's another to be racist, angry, and then also say that you will kill someone on Twitter. Well, that I think is, that the... is not even considering the fact that he's a player. Add all three of those together and the fact that he's a player for a professional team. It's unbelievable. I can't actually believe that it happened. It's like yeah. it's a, a joke. It shows you exactly how much control Freddie Kitchens has of this team. That is to say he has none. Um, and, and I won't go as far as saying, you know, were there racist intents in, in his comments? Sure. But, I mean, let's be honest. Has anyone ever been offended by the word cracker? Um, I mean, it, it's a term for people that live in Florida. You know, it's a it, it's, it's, it's a term it's for actually, Cleveland sports media people, obviously. Well, obviously it is. But what I was most offended by were the threats and talking about, you know, shooting and blood. And, you know, and I, and I know that a lot of that is, you know, street talk. 
that I won't even pretend to try to decipher because I'd sound like an idiot and make myself seem more white than I already am. Um, but it, it's the lack of accountability and discipline at the professional level. You're, you should be held to a higher standard. And man, as much as we love and put these athletes on these pedestals, you know, a lot of these guys came up and grew up in, 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 I wouldn't even try to pretend to think I know where some of these people grew up in the situations they grew up in. But when you go after somebody like Dustin Fox, who quite frankly, you know, I know him personally. Um, if I, well, I shouldn't say personally. I know uh, Dustin. I've done work with him before. He's a good dude. Um, it, he, he He's the last person that you should go after, and especially someone like Jermaine Whitehead going after Dustin Fox, a former NFL player You know that's been there, has been in the locker room, has seen it. Look, if Dustin calls you out for crappy tackling, guess what? It's because you're not tackling. You're, you know, We brought up that tackle earlier on Fant. That's because he didn't tackle him. He didn't wrap him up. He just threw his shoulder and was giving 60 pounds to the man. Dude, you played like crap. Own up to it. You're a professional. You get paid for it. You get idiots like us on this podcast. You get idiots on the radio that are going <laughs> to speak call for yourself. You out. Well, what I'm saying is you're going to get people <laughs> that call you out for this stuff. But guess what? You get paid a heavy sum to do what you do. And if you're not doing a good job, you're going to get called out in the carpet. And if you can't handle the criticism, well, then maybe you should not get paid. You know what I mean? You can't right. handle the heat. Get out the kitchen. Can we get the kitchen out too? Yeah. Actually, so this is really great. Um, I live on West 9th Street in Cleveland. Love living downtown. Right next door to my apartment building is this lovely restaurant named Camino. On the outside sign... They said on their whiteboard, I forget exactly the terminology, but they on their board put, you know, the Browns kitchen may stink, but ours is incredible. And I must say the place is busier than I've ever seen it on a Tuesday night. So their, oh. pitch, <laughs> their pitch of Browns suck, we understand, we're sorry too, is totally booming for business. Yeah, all the puns right now, but uh, the brownies are burning in the kitchen with the bakery. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it, it, yeah. We're, it, it's, it's, it's pathetic. I mean, um, it, if I was in a place that I could sell tickets for this weekend and not go and not waste my weekend, um, I, you know, the good thing is, is I'm coming up and, you know, I've already got plans for Friday and Saturday. Uh, I'll be tailgating on Sunday, so I'm trying to surround it with with family and friends the entire weekend. Uh, yes, the Browns were the original excuse, but it's like I'm so embarrassed. I got my good buddy coming up with me. He's a Bills fan, and I already hear that there's so many Bills fans that are already kind of come swarm into town, and I'm going to be embarrassed because I've done nothing but hype up Cleveland to my buddy Tim <laughs> over and over and over again. And we're going to go to that game, and it, he, I'm going to be let down and embarrassed. That he's going to love it, obviously, being a Bills fan. But it's – I, you know what? Look, Jimmy Haslam's not going to listen to this podcast. And if he does, well, God bless him. Thank you, Jimmy. But, <laughs> hey, Jimmy, you've got problems, man. And those problems are in the front office, and it's got to be addressed. That we're Every year, every time we take two steps forward, we take three back. And we never gain any ground. And it looks like we're doing it again this year. What 
it has to break for us to finally push through that wall. We've went through three back-to-back terrible seasons than we had last year. We had hope this year. We're like, yes, go Browns, playoffs. Guys, two and six. We're not going to the playoffs this year, I hate to tell you. You were talking earlier about the Baltimore Ravens, and apologies to Lamar Jackson. So far, you have led the Baltimore Ravens to first place in the division. You're still not a good quarterback, but you are a winner, and you are leading your team, and there's a lot to be said about that. Yeah. But uh, put a fork in the 2019 season, boys, because the Browns are done. Yeah, I. it's so freaking unfortunate. I feel like those clown shoes were representative of, of how us as fans <laughs> – feel about ourselves how do we literally year after year time after time get convinced that we are literally staring at greatness and i know we don't have the same level of this team's going to be amazing every year but we have so much hope and optimism in this city the fans of this organization how do each year we somehow muster up enough courage to look at ourselves in a mirror and say things are going to be all right we're going to be just fine and we didn't even do that this year. We didn't just say we're, things are going to be just fine. We said things are going to be freaking great. Things are going to be so great. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are clowns as an organization. But then we're clowns as, as fans of that organization because we're stupid and idiotic <laughs> enough to believe in the stupid pitch that they're selling out there for us. That Look. we wake up every single morning and actually have faith in this organization, in this owner, whether it's the GM, the head coach, none of it all gels together correctly. And someone tweeted this on Sunday after the game. Why is it that some NFL franchises can flip a switch and and get really good or make large improvements after years of being bad within a year or two? We are on year 30 of needing to flip that switch before leadership. we're good and entertaining and, and, and not a total joke and embarrassment to this city. These fans are so loyal and so hopeful every year. I feel terrible as a fan and I feel terrible for other fans that they have to suffer through this. And it's honestly more painful every year it goes on. And the crappy thing is wins aren't as wins aren't as happy and joyous as the losses are negative and hurtful. I don't know if that's something you guys feel too, but when I win, especially with this team, I feel like we should be winning. So when we beat the Jets, I was still pissed off and upset. When we beat the Ravens, I was living on cloud nine. But every other week this year, I've just been assassinated by this team. Hey, Drew. Yeah. The Browns broke Brandon. (laughs) It seems like it. Can we go back to Ohio State, guys? uh, Speaking of breaking Brandon, did you guys happen to listen to 92.3 The Fan this morning? Or was it this morning? It was yesterday morning when Ken Carmen went off. Oh my Greatest god! Of all time. That when you break Ken Carmen, and you know, I don't want to say he's a shill. I don't think he's a shill, but he definitely, uh, since he's moved to the morning show, has taken a lighter stance against the Browns. Uh, but they broke him yesterday, and that rant that he went on was for all times. And then you know, it's just. Cleveland media in general, just I think we've all just had it. I mean, God, just win. 
two and six Broncos look like the undefeated Patriots against the Browns and a quarterback who has never started a game in the NFL. It's been what, two to three years since he started a game period. And that was back in college. We made him look like he should be in the top five for MVP votes. We made Noah Fant look like he could bench press the entire city of Cleveland when he's running through people like Whitehead who threw a shoulder pad at him. How how do we do this? The coaching is so bad. The leadership is terrible. The organization doesn't have it right, and I don't know how they change it. I don't know. I don't know without breaking it down every single year and trying to rebuild how you get back to being good. I don't know, and apparently no one else in this city does because by now someone would have figured it out. Can we go talk about the Buckeyes, please? I'm really getting just... <laughs> Buckeyes yeah, are well, number one, baby. Had they played a game this past weekend, it would have been a lot easier to talk about them. Um, you know, the Buckeyes well, did better not playing than the Browns did playing. <laughs> oh, so, hey, God. here's the deal. You guys are going to the game on Sunday. Yep. Just for you. Just I want you to know just, that. Just, just, just for just you. Just for me. Yeah. yeah this well, is actually pretty much just for you at this point. Just, just yeah. for you. Well, that's, you know, again, isn't that sick that we've gotten to that point <laughs> in a year that we had such high expectations, high hopes, and we thought that the collection of talent was going to deliver our expectations. And here we are again, brokenhearted. And at, I'm at. Hello, the- darkness, my old friend. Here I am, calloused as hell, and it's like I'm not even affected anymore. I'm mad, but it's more I'm angry at myself for letting myself get attached to these jackasses again. Clowns. Clowns. And I guess it goes back to OBJ's shoes. Was he calling us clowns? Because you might be able to take it that way. I know he wasn't because he's always he's worn the Joker gloves before and the Joker visor, and this is just the whole theme, but, you know, you could take it any way you want, but uh, right now they are the clowns. Yeah. No Poor kidding. timing on those shoes. No joke. <laughs> Gentlemen, do we want to take a second and talk about the Cavs, who have just as many wins as the Browns and started play only a few days ago? <laughs> you guys can talk about the Cavs. I have seen exactly zero games. I told you earlier in the season I have given up on the NBA, and my stance hasn't changed. I still love the Cavs. I know they're playing well, but – uh, I am out of the expertise range here because I'm not watching. All right, well, Drew and I, I'm going to give you a little back and forth here. Drew and I will, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a little Cavs talk since they actually just finished up their game uh, against Boston. Well-fought game. Can I give yeah, you go, a precursor? Go right ahead, buddy. Uh, I want to say that I've watched exactly one half game more than Eric has. All right, so I will be your Cavs expert <laughs> on the matter here. I'm going to have a discussion with myself. We I'll keep it nice suck as sweet. Cleveland fans right now. But, <laughs> I mean, guys, look, when, when the Browns are this hey, bad, Brandon, we I almost have to, to watch you. the Cavs. Hey, when the best thing about the Cavaliers right now is the fact that Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse has been remodeled, well, well you kind of get what you got. But I do know I've heard through the grapevine, even though I haven't watched that they are exciting and they are exciting to watch, but I just I haven't brought myself to 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 watch it again. And it's not against the Cavs; it's it's just the NBA as a whole right now. And and fair enough, I get that. Um, what I will say, and I'll keep it nice, short, and sweet, since no one else here has any comments to feed into it, since they haven't seen. 
them play is that Colin Sexton is off to an incredible start. He really had came on strong at the end of the year, made every effort in the world to be a first team all rookie. I thought he should have been. And, and he's really off to a great this season. He's averaging 16.8 points per game. It seems like every time I check the box score, he's over 20. So, you know, must've been a few games where he's off there, but he is playing phenomenal. He is the guy at the end of the game when we need a bucket that we say, go get us one. And he's been frankly, for the most part, able to do that. He hit, you know, a very clutch three tonight against the Celtics when we were down six, needed it to pull us within a possession. So although the Cavs are two and five and, and that's not a, you know, exactly a sexy number, it's still better than the Browns at two and five than two and six. I think this team actually does have a little bit more appeal in terms of watching versus what we had last year, which was just awful. At least there's young people on the team that you can cheer for and root for, such as Colin Sexton such as Dylan Windler, such as Kevin Porter Jr. You know, you've got all these pieces that you can at least say are here. We expect them to be here for a few years, for a few years, and you can root for them. Whereas last year, you literally only had Colin Sexton and everybody else you look at and say, you're expendable. You'll be gone in a few years. You're not part of our rebuild. So now that we've got some young pieces, I think for a viewer's perspective, if you're not into, you know, obviously there's not going to be a lot of W's this year. If you're Watching only for W's, this is not a team to watch for. If you're watching for what could be something interesting in a few years down the road, keep an eye out for Colin Sexton and see the improvement for Darius Garland and, and our other rookies that we've got. I think they're playing pretty well, and people are pleasantly surprised so far by how much fun and enjoyment they're getting out of watching the Cavs. That was Cavs talk. Well done. Oh, wait, well done. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Were you saying something? Yeah, yeah. But did, did I mention the Buckeyes were number one in the college football ranking? Yeah, you might have. Yes. You Go back have. to our only. We're in Ohio, and since the Blue Jackets aren't nearly as good as they were last year, the only positive thing we have to talk about is Buckeye football. So we're just going to keep relying on that for uh, positive things in our lives. If they lose against Penn State, we're going to really, really have to check ourselves here. Well, guys, it, it's uh, it, it's been one of those weeks. Drew, it, um, I'm glad to have you back this week. Uh, after missing two weeks, we were, back. we were we were starting to get a little worried about you. That I, <laughs> I will be honest, uh, Brandon. A pleasure as always. Uh, but guys, it's going to be a long second half of the season. I hope and pray that we keep it all in perspective. Um, and uh, just remember that even though we love them, try not to let them get you too fired up. Right. Uh, Guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Uncle and the Young Bucks. Uh, Signing off for me. Talk to you next week. Peace out. Later, guys.